The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Are you old enough for this episode? Do you remember when coming out was a big deal in mainstream society and culture? Do you remember hearing the sound of dial-up internet? In this episode, we share our coming out stories, having been raised in evangelical Christian and Catholic households, and we reflect on how the meaning of coming out has changed over the decades. Lots more detailed show notes on the blog, and you should find a link for that in the show notes. But for now, welcome to this episode. Welcome to the podcast where it's all about living your love story and making your life a story where love wins. My name is Sienna. And my name is Toast. We're married and we've been partners in life, love, and music since 2001, over 20 years. On this show, we share our life as an Asian American lesbian couple. Some of our favorite topics are positive spirituality, holistic health, sometimes cats, lesbian alert, and other things we hope are entertaining, uplifting, and helpful for living your love story. So here we go. Welcome to our home studio in the Pacific Northwest. Welcome in. And if you listen to the previous episode, and we know we've been gone for a while, a few weeks has have uh, gone by without any new episodes, but we are happy to report the garage is finished. Yay! With the painting. The lesbians finished painting their garage. (laughs) Yes, we did. And I'm so excited because the carpet that we have purchased for the garage has also arrived, as well as the carpet non-slip pad. So everything is ready. And uh, our string lights have arrived. So all of these elements are ready to go. We will... Just add labor. Just add labor. We will share photos of the finished. Well, I think it'll never really be finished, right? So we'll Nothing show photos. Is ever finished. Of it's only <laughs> abandoned. Where we've left off. And I'm excited to have this nice fresh room. And Bear, our cat, has really been enjoying the galloping. The space in that wide gra- open garage. spaces. So we will keep you updated. All right. But we are planning to release this episode in the week of National Coming Out Day, which we just found out from Wikipedia. Yeah. Started in 1988. Is that what you said? 1988. Yes. And I'm going to read a little segment here. The initial idea was grounded in the feminist and gay liberation spirit of the personal being political and the emphasis on the most basic form of activism being coming out to family, friends, and colleagues and living life as an openly lesbian or gay person. The founder's belief was that homophobia thrives in an atmosphere of silence and ignorance and that once people know 
that they have loved ones who are lesbian or gay, they are far less likely to maintain homophobic or oppressive ways. Yay. Yay. So anyways, that's a fancy way of saying it's hard to be prejudiced against people when you actually know those people and realize they're not a-holes or, you know, so effed up, right? They're normal people. Right. So it's harder to be prejudiced. What were you going to say? You were going to say something? Um, Well, I was going to say that, so that was National Coming Out Day was originated in 1988. And so that was back in our day. So we are just, we are old school lesbians here, old school lesbians. (laughs) And in preparing this podcast, because we thought, oh, okay, it's National Coming Out Mm -hmm. Week. So let's, let's talk about our coming out stories. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we've had conversations about this before, how it, the temperature, the climate seems more welcoming Yes. Of those growing up gay now Mm -hmm. than it was during our time. At least in that it's it's more spoken about. Yeah, gay and lesbians. And I know things are still more challenging for transgender. Yes. Transgendered individuals. Yes. Um, And things have gotten crazier again in the past few years, as we all know. Yes. But But I I think that's a backlash. Right. But I do get the sense that people coming out now, people in high school or even earlier, Mm -hmm. there is more room to be who you are, who you know you are. Right. Especially, you know, since um, I see more and more in in just forms that you fill out, whether it's an online form or an in-person form, Mm -hmm. there is a space for your pronouns. Right. And even though that doesn't necessarily mean you're gay or <laughs> anything like that, it is an openness and an, exactly. and an acceptance or maybe not an acceptance, but it, an acknowledgement Yes, that, you know, like we're at least talking about it right here. Cause, because when, when I was growing up in the seventies and eighties mm-hmm. um, and nineties and nineties, and I'm still growing up, we're all still growing up. <laughs> we never finished growing up. Um, but the, I, I grew up in an atmosphere where I didn't even realize that being gay was a thing. Like I thought it meant happy and that's it. That's so you funny know? to like, me. I did not even know of the concept of anything other than heterosexuality. And that's why I was internally, I think, pretty shaken and traumatized when I realized my own feelings. I'm like, whoa, mm-hmm. I am really weird. Yeah. Because You're I didn't messed know, up, any, right? I didn't know like, anybody uh-oh. else in the world mm-hmm. even, you know, so. But, but let's tell people, because they may not know, mm-hmm. that you were born and raised in a small town mm-hmm. in Hawaii. Yes. You were raised in Hilo on the big island. Mm-hmm. And... That's a whole different world. It's a country, country living. Well, and it was the 70s <laughs> and the 80s. <laughs> and, and I was also raised an evangelical Christian. Well, to, there we go. To, now sun- that changes the whole thing too. Sunday school and five-day wow. club vacation Bible school. Those of you who are fellow, you know, evangelical raised people, you will know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the whole thing. So, Yeah. So 
Go I'm going to take a quick sidebar okay. and, and bring up this quote that I think most people have heard. And we, I don't know who it's really, who really said it. There's two versions of it. Here's the first one. First, they ignore you. Then they laugh at you. Then they attack you. Then you win. Hmm. And I've heard it attributed to Gandhi and stuff, but mm-hmm. I think it's kind of one of those, well, I'm not sure exactly who said it, but... Um, Another version of that is um, attributed to a philosopher named Arthur Schopenhauer, who said, all truth passes through three stages. First, it is ridiculed. Second, it is violently opposed. Third, it is accepted as being self-evident. And both of those, Mm. you know, they kind of overlap. Mm -hmm. But I like (laughs) this idea, this concept of first they ignore you, then they laugh at you, then they attack you, then you win. That came to mind as we were preparing for this episode because I do feel like personally, that was my experience. Yeah. Because they ignored they ignored homosexual people. That was my experience. That's why I had You mean the church. Your church. Yeah, and just the culture at large. It's like, no, we don't talk about, you know, that. We just don't talk about it. So it's invisible. Right. But then when it's when it's no longer able to be invisible, when you have to acknowledge it, Mm -hmm. then they make fun of you. Right. right. You fag, you know, in, in Hawaii, the word is mahu. Mm-hmm. That's the Hawaiian word f- uh, that people would use to what ridicule is it? Was people. That, do you remember what that translates as? Well, in our day, no, but it I mean, translated like, as fag. No, but like literally <laughs> what the word means. It's literally a Hawaiian word. I don't know the deep, you know, okay. uh, I'm going to do cultural. a quick Google. Go ahead. Okay. And then when laughing, you know, at at us uh, past then, then it was like, whoa, whoa, now you want rights. No, we're going to fight against your rights. And back, I think it was in the 90s. Yeah, it was in the 90s. Oh, it's interesting. Oh, okay, Can here I just we say? go. You're going okay. to share. So mahu is, means the in-between, the in-between. Hmm. This Hawaiian term is used to characterize someone who embodies both male and female spirit. Like the two spirits. See, that term. doesn't sound so derogatory, but I know it's all about like how you use growing it. Growing right? up, it was, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, and then they attacked us. And I remember being involved in, in Hawaii, there was Prop 8, right? Wasn't it Prop 8, if I'm remembering correctly, where it was, it was one of the first legal challenges to try and get gay marriage equality. Yeah. And we lost. But you fought. You and were then, there. You yeah, were there and you got to you got to you got to fight and be active, and you're gonna lose some battles mm-hmm. on the way to winning because mm-hmm. eventually we won. Yeah, and now it is kind of a legitimate question. It's like, is coming out even still a thing? Right. It it it's not what it used to be. It no. used to be a big deal. In fact, I remember. Ooh, when, this sounds juicy. Again, it was the 90s. <laughs> and Ellen DeGeneres was on the cover of some national magazine. Probably Time. Time, right? Oh. And, and it was, was it all, Yep, She's Yep, She's Gay yep, or something? Gay or, yep, yeah, I'm Gay. Yeah, it was a big, huge yeah. deal. It was like, oh my God. Oh my God, she's gay. And then I remember too, there was like, some show where there was like, oh my God, they're going to show a gay kiss. Mm. You know, and nowadays mm-hmm. it's like, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. 
Do you remember the, the Ellen DeGeneres thing being a big deal? Yep. Yep. I do. Did you guys but, talk about it with all of your friends and everything? Or did your family say anything about it? You know, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what was no, your... Because, why don't you share your uh, growing up experience compared to mine? Well, I think... Well, we didn't... Well, first of all, just to tie the loop on the Ellen thing. It was a big deal to me. Like I felt like, oh, wow. Mm. Um, but it wasn't a topic of conversation because I had a lot of gay friends growing up. But more than that, I grew up with gay family members. Mm. So, you know, so I wonder, I wonder too, like how was it for them growing up? Mm-hmm. You know, yep. kind of paving the way. Mm. Um, but I will say that still growing up in Hawaii and being, you know, being Asian, having that cultural piece too, yeah, you don't talk about it. <laughs> no one talks about it. No one talks about it at all. It's just more, oh, bring your friend, mm. you know. Bring your friend, my gay aunt. Not your girlfriend. Right. Bring your friend. And then my gay um, aunties and my gay uncles. Yes, plural. (laughs) Um, You know, they would, their partners would be introduced to me as another auntie or another uncle. But in Hawaii, Mm -hmm. aren't, whoops, did you hear that? Enormous bang. Okay, okay, I'm gonna Hold stop on. recording. We'll come back. We'll be back. I think <laughs> the cat knocked something over. All right, all is well. Bear was just knocking down some cans of soup that we had on the counter. So, anyways, everything's fine. Big can of soup. Fed the cat. Fed him. He's good. We're all good. We can continue on. All right. Okay. I forget what you were even saying. I, I don't even know. So, well, so I had uh, gay family members growing oh. up. And I'm sorry, I interrupted because I just wanted to clarify yeah. and get, get more um, understanding here. Because in Hawaii, the culture is very much one where any friend of the family, you are... Is welcome. Well, and, you're, and you call them auntie or uncle. Right. right. Any friend right. of the family. Yeah. So when you said, oh, but when your uncle's friend comes over, Mm -hmm. did you feel like it was a different kind of, oh, that's also uncle? I felt growing up, I felt like something was different. Mm. I didn't feel an aversion or anything like, like it was weird, you know? Great. Wow. I didn't feel like. Other people thought it was weird. It just felt really normal to me growing up. That's so amazing. I mean, but again, no one talked about it. You know, so it wasn't exactly, um, oh, it's just so accepted. Be gay and be proud. Like no one was talking about it. Okay. But it wasn't, um, it did not seem like something negative. No one was, you know, um, so, so that. And... You grew up in a Catholic family. I sure did. <laughs> I still feel guilty. <laughs> I mean, yeah, very, my, my family was very Catholic, especially my grandma who raised me. And um, so there's that. But uh, 
I think, you know, I think the difference between you and you and me in our coming out, what is it, story or realizations mm-hmm. of being gay, I feel like I was a late bloomer in a lot of ways mm-hmm. because I didn't have the experience of feeling like, oh, I'm gay. Like even as a young, young, young kid. Okay. You know, I went through <laughs> my whole like early childhood not having it be a thought. In fact, I was probably more like what they would say, boy crazy, like, mm-hmm. you know, with my friends and and all the, you know, the boys and all that stuff. But it wasn't I'm sorry. Can what? I it, can I just put a little sparkly fun fact right in right here? Go ahead. With your Do boy it. crazy f- phase here. <laughs> because I was experimenting. <laughs> it was a phase. It was a phase, yep. Straight phase. Because Sienna got to spend a day with Ricky Martin <laughs> and Menudo, who ended up being gay. Why <laughs> Ricky? Yeah, I mean, you guys were so. Oh my God! There was a picture of Sienna and Ricky All right. Martin. All right, together. Yes. I did really love him. In, um, well, well, he was the best looking, cutest well, little he guy. Was. Yeah, you right. Know. But anyways, yes. Okay, that's true. But uh, so I never had. I was never feeling like. Gosh, I feel different. You know, and then until I, until I went to an all girls school, <laughs> which is true actually. A Catholic all girls. So I went school. to a Catholic all girls school from seventh grade up until all the way through when I graduated. Mm. And in seventh grade, I met someone who became my best friend, and I was like, "Huh, this is a different feeling." Like. It was just a different closeness. And I remember when she she tried to kiss me and then I freaked out. Like I freaked out. I'm like, no, it's not that. Mm-hmm. Yes, we're close, but it's not that. Mm-hmm. It is not that. Mm-hmm. And then it was awkward, right? As mm-hmm. you would imagine. Yes. But then there was another person in school and people were kind of teasing this person and me like, oh, that person likes you, you know, when you're a kid, right? Right. And I was just like, oh, it's just so stupid, right? This is so stupid. But then I was like, huh, I think I kind of like that person. Okay, okay. <laughs> so after having that other experience with the best friend and I'm like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was just not the right person. Because then when the other person that came does along, matter. <laughs> you have to have right. more than just, just to correct the perception. It's not like, you know, you just need the body parts. Right. If you're, <laughs> if you're the same sex, oh, look out. Yeah. Right. And I think that's a misconception. Right. I think, yes. I hope. Like people I mean, think, no, but people think <laughs> like, we'll need to talk about like our own internal homophobic kind of things, yeah, yeah. you know, later in another episode. But so anyways, then that's when I went, oh no, I think I'm gay. And I would pray and pray about it. And just because I felt like, I felt like, I felt really confused. I think bisexual wasn't even 
that is what didn't seem like an option to me ah. because I didn't know anyone that was bisexual. Yes. Okay. I knew either straight people or gay people in my okay. family. Yep. Yep. So I was like, wait, I couldn't understand why I liked boys. And then all of a sudden mm-hmm. here comes this girl. And then I'm going, wait, what? Yeah. And I thought you had to be one or the other. Yep. Got it. And so I would pray and pray. And I felt like I would pray to God that if this is wrong, then just make me stop feeling this way. Mm-hmm, That's mm-hmm. what I would pray for. Mm-hmm. And then God didn't change that for me. So then Which I went, is a green oh, well. light. You're <laughs> right. So then I just kind of went with it. And then what was, I was lucky because in my high school growing, growing up, uh, there were a lot of gay people in my high school. So in the all girls Catholic school, there right. were a lot of gay people. Yes, that is correct. And so it didn't feel so, um, abnormal. Mm. You know, you didn't feel like the only one you didn't feel. So in that way, I, I feel like I was very lucky. How ironic is that? Right. Right. And then it wasn't until Catholic I went to girls. It wasn't until I went to college that I experienced um, some hate crimes and stuff, but mm. um, which is which also you would think you'd be fine after you make it through these formative years. You would think, okay, you're good, you're mm-hmm. good to go. But nope, it, it it's not. It wasn't. Yeah. Not it for was. Me. It was worse outside of the all girls Catholic school. Yes, yeah. and the nuns and father and all the churchy church, you know. <laughs> Wink, the wink. uniforms, the whole oh thing. God. But why don't you tell people about? Oh, and so I'll just tie a loop on this part too, and say so. As far as the actual like coming out, mm-hmm. I didn't feel the need to come out. You know, the way you came out in my family was just you started bringing your girlfriend around. Yeah, yeah. you started bringing your partner around. Mm-hmm. And nobody asked any questions. No one mm-hmm. said, oh, is that your girlfriend? Nope. You just didn't really talk about it. Mm, okay. But there was acceptance by family saying, oh, invite so-and-so to the Christmas party. Mm. Um, and then so-and-so would have a Christmas present under the tree. You know, So that's how they showed acceptance. Yes. But you didn't talk about it. There wasn't a need to sit down and prepare a talk. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I just need to tell you, you know? Mm-hmm. So... And I, I probably have my great and uh, my my great aunt and uncle to thank for that because they had laid the foundation of, you know, that this was normal. Mm-hmm. But maybe before them, yeah, know, it, it, it makes me wonder. Difficult. It makes me wonder if they ever had a coming a coming yeah, out combo. Yeah. combo. Yeah, I never thought of that. Before, but why don't we but... move on to your coming out story because it was really different from mine. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, here in evangelical Christian world, um, when I realized, oh, wow, feelings like inside of me. But, and it was early too. Yeah, like, looking I didn't back feel on it, like it, looking back on it, I, I do recall even being in elementary school even yeah. and kind of just being aware of regarding other girls yeah. in a different way. Then mm-hmm. I regarded other boys. You know what I'm saying, and uh, like really so, young, really young though. 
Yes, no, I'm making a point because yeah. I didn't feel that at yeah, all. Like, like zero. Like when you say really young, I guess I'm thinking it was probably like maybe as young as six, seven. I was going to say third grade, fourth grade. That's ish kind of around that time, maybe. Um, but anyway, okay. So that's in hindsight kind of thing. But I didn't actually deal with that the way I was feeling. Um, until I was in college, I would say. When wow, I, so you just like skipped over. When I, like, yeah, in terms of like coming to terms with it and being like, okay, this is a thing and it calls into question the, the basis of reality that I have been taught about okay. life and, you know, through the evangelical Christian teachings. Got it. Of, yes. The lens of yes. that. And what made it really exciting was that at this time in my life, mm -hmm. I was super involved with church organizations. Like I, you know, was a part of InterVarsity Christian Fellowship. And I flew with my group of fellow Christian people all the way to uh, some place in Chicago, Champaign-Urbana. They had some international convention with this arena full of other Christian college students just praising Jesus. Mm. And, you know, so I was like full on into that stuff. A Jesus and, lover. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, having been taught about mm -hmm. all the stuff, you know, winning all kinds of Bible drills. And I mean, I was into it. And then also... I'm having feelings. <laughs> and, and so the nerdy part of me is like, yeah, okay, let me study. You got to research this. Let me, let me study it on my own yeah. because I, you know, I know what the organization and the institution is, is says about it. You know, they don't say much because they just think it's horrible and awful and mm -hmm. you just don't go there. Yeah. Um, so I needed to study on my own, and thank God I did. And that's just when the internet started to become thank accessible. And goodness. I used, probably I used AOL or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those of Some you of you know. might not know what we just did, yeah. but anyways. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I found, what is it called? Metropolitan... Jeez, I forget. Community church or something like yes, that. Yes, yes. And they were an inclusive Christian mm. church. And I was like, all kinds of materials. And I went to the library mm. um, to research the original, you know, meaning of certain words in certain books of the Bible that supposedly were condemning, you know, gay people and stuff like that. And I learned a whole bunch such as uh, the the account in the Gospels where the centurion, the Roman centurion, comes to Jesus and asks Jesus to heal his servant, that that particular type of servant, that the word that he used for that particular servant, was commonly understood to mean, that's my young male lover. Mm. That was just the culture in that time and place, you know, in the Roman culture. And... Those of you who are familiar with this story, perhaps you are also fellow um, evangelical Christian history, uh, have a history of that. You will know that in this particular account, Jesus heals the centurion's servant, quote unquote, servant. And, and then 
says about... You're talking like a boy toy. Says about... I mean, that's, like that. that's the closest equivalent, <laughs> okay. I guess, of what we would, we would say. Like but, not a partner. Like a, like a... That's why they were saying a servant, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Younger, you know. Yes. Anyway... Other cultures have this around the world too, like yeah. in Japan. Yes. The samurai, they, mm-hmm. they would often have a young lover. Anyway, the point, the whole point is that this Roman centurion in the Gospels is held up by Jesus himself as having more faith than anyone Jesus has seen in all of Israel. Like, mm. you know, so when you add on this other information about the young lover being, you know, loved by the centurion asking jesus to heal him yada yada it's like oh they don't tell you about this in mm-hmm. sunday school mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and there's so many other things like this I stories mean, like david that. and jonathan and all ki- all kinds of stuff and just learning wow. too about history just the yeah. history of civil rights and how uh like women used to be regarded in a certain way right and that was just how it was and they were second-class citizens, same thing with people who happen to be um, of African descent, yada, yada, just just the whole history of how culture changes and what's accepted as normal changes. And I just went through this big, long learning curve just on my own. And so it was a years, years-long process, and I would say okay. it took about like yeah, 10 years or so, maybe, mm. um, maybe, maybe longer. You know, there's no firm start point and end point, but I do feel like going through that whole thing kind of, uh, took up at least a decade or two of my life where it's like, I, I couldn't really do much else. Almost. Mm -hmm. It's almost, I almost feel like my growth as a person or, um, adult in the world got kind of put on hold a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, you grow up and you go to college, and then it's like, ah, I have to, whoa, I have to stop because the whole way that the you world were raised, the whole the way that reality works and the world is, is not what I thought it was. So I have to yeah. relearn life. Like, I have to relearn the world. Um, so, anyway, that's my coming out story. Well, no, but what, <laughs> so, but then, like, you had, and the whole time you were doing music, you mm-hmm. realized, oh, Katie Lang. Oh, my God. She's gay. Right. Indigo Girls. Right. Oh, my so God. So that was a whole yeah. other, like, wow. Right. And you yeah. respected, you respect their music mm-hmm. and all of that. So that was a part of it. Yes. And then what about your actual, you did come out yes. formally okay. to your so, parents. Yes. So actually, I came out to friends here and there, mm-hmm. one by Throughout, one, right? like, as I felt safe. Yeah. And I, you came out to gay people, didn't you? Yes. First, yes. So right? during yeah. that time in my life, I um, was reacquainted with some early, early childhood friends. We had lost touch, you know, um, for a number of years, but then we, we saw each other again and we're like, oh, okay, cool. We got to know each other and they happened to be gay. So that helped. And when you looked back, <laughs> were you like, oh yeah, see, I thought they were. Oh no, because you didn't think that was an option. No, yeah. yeah. No. Okay. Um, but I do remember one friend at that time, she's not gay, but she was a good friend at the time. And when I, when I was trying to come out to her, her, the biggest response I remember from her is, are you sure? 
are you sure you want to, you're, you're, you're going to live your life this way? Because mm. she was concerned about it being hard. Mm. Legitimate concern. You know, at that mm-hmm. time, and I know you have friends, Sienna, who decided, no, I, I know that I have gay feelings, but oh yeah, I'm not going to choose that. Right, right. You know? And I mean, it's it's not a choice, but it's a choice, right? I mean, you can choose well, your to feelings are be, not a choice. Your feelings are not a choice, but what you do with it is a choice. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I do, I do have friends who yeah. decided to choose a straight life, marry a guy, mm-hmm. have children, mm-hmm. and and live that way. Yeah. Yeah. I do. Um, but but how yes, did you... I did eventually come out to my yes. parents um, through an email, <laughs> which felt the safest yeah, for me yeah, yeah. and for them too. Right. I think, they could know, read it privately, have, have a reaction. Yes. yes. Talk about it with each other. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and but, what was their response? Well, thankfully, the resp- I, you know, I don't have a memory of exactly like if the response was a phone call or an email, I think it wasn't just an email back. Yeah, I think so I think too. It was an email back that basically said, we love you no matter what. Yep. You know? Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. You know what I think is so funny? Mm-hmm. I remember that period for you. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think that the fun, the really funny part to me is that I believe your email mm-hmm. opened up the conversation for your dad to feel safe now questioning all the friends he knew of yours oh, and yes. going, yeah. oh, what about this person? Are they? Yes. What about that person? Yes. What about them? Right. How about this person? Yes. Asking like if all these people were gay or not. Right. Because he had suspected, you know? I guess. I think most of them he said were. I mean, Anyways, that, I thought it was, but yeah. I thought it yeah. was pretty funny. I, I do remember that part. That he just, you know, yes. he embraced it, right? Like he was... Yeah. Well, I don't know. Embrace is a strong word, but he felt but free I mean that to ask f- yes, about free to my ask circle about of friends. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so now you know our coming out stories in general. Yep. And and just to kind of wrap up, as Sienna and I were preparing for this topic and this week of National Coming Out Day and all that stuff, it, it's been really gratifying to realize that over time, I think in general, this is a very generalized statement, but in our culture, coming out used to be, the, the main focus of coming out used to be like, it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. It's, um, yeah, you're going to be on the cover of a magazine. It's going to cause controversy. You're going to stir up all kinds of things in your family. And oh my gosh, huge, huge, huge. And so that was kind of, that felt like the focus of coming out day, Mm -hmm. you know, like it's scary and serious and there's trepidation there. Yeah. And over time, I mean, it's taken decades, but now when I think of the idea of coming out day, it feels like the focus is different and the focus feels more in general Mm -hmm. in our society like there's room for having the focus be on gratitude and appreciation mm, yeah. that more of us can just be out. Yeah. Coming out there. Like we're out yeah. and it's okay. And it's not that big of a deal. In general. 
Yeah. A very generalized yes, statement. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Because but, I do because I think we open this up by saying like do we still even need to come out anymore? Like is that even a thing? And I do believe that there will always be a a place for it. Absolutely. You know, yeah, there will always so. be people who are trying to come out. Yeah. Depends on what, it so depends on what culture you're in, Exactly, right? Where you live, what small town you might be from, um, all of that. Yeah. And the the way that we're going to continue as a society to keep coming out being not that big of a dangerous deal as it used to be. I understand it is still dangerous for some Mm -hmm. people and, Mm -hmm. and yeah, that should definitely be a consideration. Um, for people who are considering to come out, but the the way it's going to continue to progress is if is if more of us are out. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's like true. How, how right. low you first read in in the Wikipedia mm-hmm. entry? So people know. Out. So people who know you know you, you right. know, and know a gay person, know gay people, and that they're not scary. We're yeah, not not scary. We're not, not yeah. trying to. Mm-mm. convert people and Mm-mm. brainwash people. And I think the same is true for um, transgender folks. It's that whole thing of like, you do know a gay person. You mm-hmm. just don't know that they're gay. Right. And I think the same is true for transgender people. Mm. It's like a lot of times, yeah, you, yes, you have interacted with a transgender person. Mm. You just don't realize it. Yeah. You know, so it's like, if we can be out, yes, that, that helps other people. Okay, we're going to wrap it up. That's it. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> that was our coming out episode for now. We'll probably do a whole bunch more adjacent to the whole idea of coming out and all that. Um, I, I feel like, oh, can I still say something? I, can, I don't know. Can you? I don't know. I think I can. Okay. I think you're allowed. I feel like because we're old school, like we're older, I feel like the whole pronoun thing really was difficult for me. And it still is in a way. Okay. That's a whole when other it's episode. When it's a they, them. It is a whole other episode, but I feel like as an older person, yeah, that I feel like now it's tricky terrain. So we need to we need to do what is a tricky podcast. terrain? The pronoun thing? Well, just there are so it feels like there are so many options. Okay. Okay. You know, yeah. available mm-hmm. in terms of how people express themselves, who they know to be in that moment, okay. how safe they feel being you know, um, to what extent they're really going to be who they know they are. Okay. And so when you see someone, Mm -hmm. that's what you have to judge them by, right? You don't know them. You see them. Okay. Like say, like I'm thinking about someone at the plant store that we go to. Okay. That's very, um, LGBTQ friendly. Yes. And I saw a person there and, um, he was just beautiful but he they was wearing were just beautiful. right but i don't know the pronouns yeah is that what you're ask. kind of talking right? about it's difficult right and but it was a um it the person looked male okay see i feel like oh my god i'm going to say, say it all that? wrong <laughs> um the person looked male but the person okay. was wearing a dress mm-hmm. and had a little bit of makeup on mm-hmm. but does that make them transgender it does it doesn't so you you can't and does that make the person a they? Mm. The person could be a she. Right. 
So you just don't know. And that for me as an older lesbian person, mm -hmm. that's where I feel like, oh my God, like a deer it's, in the tricky. it's tricky. Help me. Help me. Yes. Yeah. And then yeah. I don't say anything with a pronoun that might offend. And it's more just, hi. And I, you know, <laughs> let me look closer at your name tag in case there are pronouns there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's tricky. So it's an exciting some things time. I feel like have gotten more difficult, I think. Yeah. I guess the area, relative, the relative. area of difficulty has, has shifted. Shifted. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> all right. That's all I wanted to add. Okay. That's good. Oh my gosh. So many good things to talk about. Okay. Look us up on Instagram. We are Sienna and Toast. That's it. All one word. Sienna is spelled with one N. Sienna and Toast on Instagram. And that's pretty much like... Where that's we, where we are where we do if we do any social media stuff yeah. that's where it is we have accounts other places also as Sienna and Toast but do our Instagram we're, that's we're, where we yeah, are yeah you're, you're not gonna see us there okay and that's also our website SiennaandToast.com so thanks for listening happy coming out to you bye live your love story and all that good stuff Hello, I'm Dr. Stephen Farber, and I'm an author, teacher, psychotherapist, and shamanic practitioner. On my podcast, Healing for Your Soul, I welcome some amazing guests and introduce you to some healing techniques like earth magic, working with nature and animals, and really getting to the heart of what is keeping you stuck. I want to help you deepen your spirituality and let go of blocks that are holding you back. Let me help you in this journey called life. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network. Subscribe and follow wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode.